Okay, guys, we are back for another episode of It's a Transport Podcast. Uh, I have a very handsome guy with me today. He's actually uh, probably smarter than most people we've had on this show as it pertains to politics and what's happening in the country as it pertains to LGBTQIA rights. Um, I'm Raquel. My uh, handsome co-host is not here tonight, so it's just me and our guest, Sebastian. But we're going to hold it down for him and do what we do, and we'll make sure we shout him out. Uh, throughout the show but Malik is not here tonight but I promise I'll get us through tonight and we'll have a really good interview um, before we get started Sebastian we always tell our audience that we lead with love and this is a safe place um, and there's no conversation that's off off limits and if this conversation deviates in you know a totally different direction that's okay um, the most important thing is we have very honest conversations and conversations that push us forward as a community and also conversations that help us understand where to go for help and to let people know they're not by themselves because oftentimes when we're going through a very difficult time we feel like we're by ourselves so this is the safe place we lead with love and um we leave all conversations wide open so you can say what you want to say there are no rules absolutely i love it i love the no let's do it <laughs> but uh before we get into the conversation sebastian i want you to introduce yourself tell people who you are what you do Absolutely. So as you said, I am Sebastian. I am originally from Mississippi, so I'm a country boy, you know, and I currently I am my position or my title is organizing director at the National Center for Trans Equality. And that's a bunch of words for an organization that does transgender policy work at the federal level, at the national level. So you're talking about people who are, including myself, who are in positions to talk to the White House, to talk to legislators, to talk to government, to talk to all of the people who are making these decisions, not just for trans people. Let's be clear. For all of us, queer or not, gay or not, straight, all of us, people that are making those decisions for our lives in those rooms that we're not in, I have the opportunity and the privilege to be working at a place that I can be in those rooms and speak for a lot of, you know, folks, marginalized folks who don't get opportunity to have a seat at those tables. So that's a lot of words, too, to say that I do a lot of legislative activities and um, education around policy, what it means to vote, what bills are out there, how they affect our community. So that's pretty much what I do in a nutshell. And for those of you that may have missed it, I want to clarify that Sebastian is a trans man. Um, I, I think you kind of said it, but sometimes we get so caught up in, you know, the context of what we're saying that someone may have missed it. So um, not only is Sebastian fighting for rights, but he's also he's fighting for his own rights as well. While he's fighting for you, he's fighting for himself, his family. And I think that's important to know that he is also transgender. Um, one of the things that I find interesting is it's, it's election year. So everything you just said is more important this year than it would be next year and a year after because we have right. to wait another four years to really get some of these things on the ballot to you know talk about hey you shouldn't be making this decision for us because you have no clue what it's like and like you said it's not just about the lgbtqia community but also just being a person of color yes being a woman mm -hmm. you know being any sort of minority in this country um having somebody to represent us is very important um, what do you see right now as the most important thing on the agenda for us in, in our community, in the LGBTQIA community? 
Um, I think for us right now, I think externally, many things is multi layers. Right. So I want to say that this is not going to be an exhaustive answer because I think we could probably talk all night about the different issues and the nuances and all those things. But I think right now for us, there's a, a broad need to understand, like, our diversity within the community. Like, we're not we're not all the same. We don't all, you know, you know, have the same family structure. We don't all believe the same things. You know, I think ultimately, yes, all marginalized people or all folks, you know, who are minorities, as you mentioned, deserve equal access and equal rights. But what we don't talk about is the equity in that. And when I say equity, just so folks can understand what that means, that means that, yes, on a broad scale, if you pull back broad picture, all of us deserve the, the same rights, e access to the equal rights and all those things. But equity says that Raquel, as a black cisgender woman, cisgender means I identify as what I was born as, right, for the sake of conversation here. As a cisgender black woman, what I need to sustain life and to be happy and healthy and whole is different from what Sebastian needs as a black trans man to be happy and healthy and whole. That's what equity says. We both deserve freedom, but the, the supports that we need can look different, but we both deserve those, those supports. So I think it's just that vast understanding of our diversity, the differences in, in equality and equity and what it means and really going for more equity, having our community going for more equity, more state, more saying, hey, these are the things that I need my to talk to my legislators, right? Mm -hmm. These are the things that I need to be happy, healthy, and whole. And it's not the same thing as somebody else that's marginalized needs, but we both deserve those things. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that and we've been, we, we know this firsthand just from being people of color, um, mm -hmm. some of the disparities that we face in our communities. And then when you add being... Um, in the LGBTQIA community, that's another layer, right? You mentioned layers earlier, and it's like there's so many layers to what's going on in our country right now. Um, you know, we've had a couple of shows where we've talked in detail about just when a trans person goes to prison, what does that look like? Where are you putting them? Are they safe? Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's that's not necessarily a political thing, but it's very political. It's political because prisons make billions of dollars and prisons are owned by people like you and me. Mm -hmm. You and I can be investors into a prison that is ran by the state or ran by the federal government. So while it's not necessarily politics on a ballot, it is still very, very political what's happening um, in, in the system. Um, I think, and, and I always ask this question, especially around election time, I'm a commissioner here in the state of South Carolina for building and zoning. And I sit on the foster care review board uh, for the state of South Carolina for foster children. I'm ran for office um, here in, in my county. And one of the most difficult things that I find is everybody complain, but nobody shows up and get on and gets on the front line with you to fight for their right. You know, they want you to fight for them, but they don't fight. How challenging is it for you to get people to come out and do their part as it pertains to helping pass some of these laws and getting things on the ballot and getting people out to vote and so on and so forth? It's absolutely a challenge. I think that's the challenge all of us are facing that that do this type of work, be it on the 
you know, the organizing side where we're getting motivating people to come and vote and also on our elected official side. Right. How what do you what do you need to say to people to motivate them to, to come out and vote for you? Right. So I think part of it is making it we, we talked about education earlier. Right. Like making it palatable. Right. Like breaking down the education, breaking down what it means to vote, because what you're going to hear from our folks, especially our folks of color, is my vote don't count. My vote don't mean anything. However, if you impress, right, you know, if you show them the importance of still using your voice, this is how you still fight back for the system, right? This is how you still stand up and make a choice because whether you know it or not, not voting is still a choice. Not voting is still, you still made a choice and you still are not being counted. So if you feel that way, why not take a chance, like, right? Like, take a chance and go out there and say, hey, I took a chance. I'm going to go out and use my voice. I'm going to go out and 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 make sure the candidate that's, that I'm voting for is someone who is speaking to the things that I need, right? And I think on the opposite side of the aisle is having our elected officials go directly to the people. I'm not saying again, this is me throwing out things that I'm saying you didn't, you, you haven't done these things, but it's like door knocking and canvassing and talking to the people is so extremely important because you find out what we need, right? Absolutely. Making an assumption that, hey, you know, this is what I think my constituents need because I know this is my past or I know that this is what I see, but go right to the people. And it's so important to to have those legislators, those elected officials be the one talking to you and asking you those questions and listening for the feedback. So a lot of it is, again, is that that motivation piece is showing people what the end product could look like. If you go and use your voice, this is what we could have and this is what we could do. And I think, too, I think we put a lot of weight and a lot of things on the presidential, like a lot of eggs in the basket on the presidential election. But it's crazy because, you know, the the local vote, the vote in your county is the vote that affects your life. So it really so it doesn't matter. It matters. But whoever's a president, great. Yeah. But who you vote for in your county makes all the decisions on the taxes you pay what health care looks like you know it it is so important if you don't go vote for the president and this is the presidential year to vote and i know people get caught up in the electoral vote so the people can go vote and, okay mm-hmm. yeah yeah you're right and it's frustrating how that happens mm-hmm. but when you have people in your county running for school board when you have people running for um, city council mm-hmm. those are people that control your life so Bar none, you must get out and vote for the locals in your in your county, in your community, because those people determine how we live. Yep. And nobody told us that, though, Raquel. No black people. I, I mean, I don't even mean POC. I mean, black people. Nobody told us that. Nobody taught My grandmother. That, you know, like My grandmother walked to the pole. It was at it was at a church on the corner. Mm. You know, it was five minute, 10 minute walk. And she would take me with her. She voted for everything, everything that pertained to our little community, even from like home association. Who who could come in? Who everything? Mm-hmm. So I don't have that story. Yes, I don't have that story. My grandmother was eighty when she passed, and she passed in two thousand five. She will be a hundred if she's still alive. And I remember vividly walking to the pole and getting to stretch off or punch for her and how important that was for me as 
dang, I can't wait until I can do this myself. And mm-hmm. when I ran for office, I took my children mm. and I allowed them to push the button. Right. I allowed them to vote for my, right? Did you get to vote for yourself when you were for office? So I don't necessarily have that story, but my God, 99.999% of my friends have that story. You have that story. Yep. Absolutely. The majority. It's the majority of our story. Like, I think a lot of times, too, we, we've been forced to say it, go vote, go vote, because of the history of black people and not having access to voting and all the things and paying homage. And I, it, that's important. Thank you. Right. But on the other side, am I doing more good or damage? Because I'm going frivolously. Right. I'm going. I'm not doing my my me and my wife sit down at the table. and We go get ready to vote and start Googling these. these. We don't already know who these representatives are. Because they've done their job and knocked on my door and left stuff in my mailbox. And then too, like these people look at those things as a nuance. And I'll be honest with you and very frank that before I started working in it, I voted, don't get me wrong. But I didn't look at it in the same lens as I look at it now. Like being on the opposite opposite side of it, right? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, a lot of things we take for granted, the text messages that we get, the leaflets in the mail and all those things. The robo calls, bros. It is. Oh, but that's a part of the tactic. Like, even if I go vote to get you to stop calling me, I'm going to go vote for you so you can stop calling me. You know, whatever it is, I think we take those things for granted. And I, you know, as organizers who do that work, it's still such an important piece of voter engagement and all those things because so many of us didn't have that educational piece. Again, back to my point, that we were force fed to go vote for this reason. But yeah. not to educate educate ourselves on what the what your vote means and who you're voting for. Again, me and my partner sit down before we go vote and we Google everybody on the ballot. We Google the ballot, pull our ballot up, see who's on the ballot, look at the, the the candidates, look at their pages, look at their campaigns, and we go to the poll informed. So for those of you that don't know, you can literally go online and pull up a ballot for your uh whatever precinct that you're you have to vote you can pull up a ba- ballot so that you can actually research um everyone that's running in your district in your county however it is in uh the state of georgia uh, a lot of people don't know that and that's not just people of color a lot of people don't know that you can pull up the ballot and start preparing and studying so that when you go in there you know exactly who you're voting for you're not just guessing because what you know, so folks, I know, and I won't call any names, but they just go all Democrat. They go all Democrat. <laughs> all, all the way down the line. They pick that one they know, and then everybody, or they don't, that's, they just pick the one that they know, and they don't fill out the other categories at all, the other other places at all. That happens quite a bit. Absolutely. Yes. You know, absolutely. So you're absolutely right. Yep. I think like going into this election years, January, um, I think in most states, whoever's going to run for like, some of the local offices, I think they have until March maybe mm-hmm. or so to um, put their name on the ballot because uh, we vote for primary, I think, in June. And then we turn around and the election is in November. Mm-hmm. What What do you want people, like if you could leave the people at one thing, if you could say, hey, this is what we need in the state of Georgia as we prepare to vote, what would you what would you want to tell them? What would you want them to focus on? So I think that again, 
I think we've heard that before that Atlanta in itself, Georgia in itself, actually, I would I would go to say this is our statement here is that we are this melting pot, this diverse place of people. And I always go back into diverse because I think sometimes we we let our differences file our coming out. Right. So I want us to all realize that we're different in, in many ways, but we also come in, in probably a whole lot more ways than not. And I'm not even talking about LGBTQ people, I'm talking about human beings. Just mm-hmm. Right. So in that, think about what you need. What do you need? What are you lacking as a person right now? Right. Like in your life, is it employment? Is it, you know, food? Is it stable housing? Or t- think about what you need. When you think about what you need, you want to go to the polls with the candidates in mind that are talking the talk that you need to hear that are producing the that have the plan to produce the solution that you need in your life. Right. Don't you know, we don't want to go for. The, the, the glitz and glamour, right? We want, we want to go for someone who has, who is speaking of substance, someone who, who knows what their community and their district looks like. So again, go in with a needs mind when you go to the to poll, even before you go to the poll, because we already let the people know that you can research and pull up your ballot before you go. So I, this is the first thing I want you to do is research and pull up your ballot before you go and go down that ballot and Google. Google is an amazing tool. Use it and it's free. Google each and every one of those people on your ballot and speak who's talking or doing the things that fit what you need. Needs first. That's it. Think about what you need when you go to them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we wrap up, I want you to help out how they can find you on social media if they have questions later on um, in reference to voting or just community, period, because you do so much work in our community. Um, how can they find me? Thank you, Raquel. So absolutely, I do a lot of stuff. I know tonight we talked a lot about policy and politics and all those things, but I'm deeply rooted in community. I have many resources. I you know, do a lot of things. So you can find me on Facebook at Sebastian Smith, S-Y-B-A-S-T-I-A-N. Again, that's S-Y-B-A-S-T-I-A-N. Smith is my last name on Facebook. And then I am Mr. Underscore Handsome Gent on Instagram and you can find me on either one of those hit me up any questions I'm usually very open you know I'm usually very open so you know but yes hit me up if you need me (laughs) okay guys so you heard them if you need them if you have questions don't hesitate to reach out Uh, not just about politics but anything in community because it's so so active Uh, we normally do a spotlight and we just give someone a spotlight who's doing the work so tonight our spotlight is going to go to Sebastian because I actively see him doing the work um, I don't, I don't hear about it. Like I see him on the ground uh, whenever I call him in reference to anything, uh, community, he responds back immediately. So our spotlight tonight goes to Sebastian. Thank you so much for all that you do with our community. Um, we need people like you. We need more people because frankly, you can't do it by yourself and it takes an army to really move, um, anything and nothing happens until there's dialogue. And I say that all the time until there's a conversation had. There's no way we can start to change anything. So make sure you reach out. Um, Malik normally talks to you guys about sponsorship. We're always looking for sponsors to sponsor the show. As we continue to build and have these type of conversations, we ask that you guys reach out to us. Uh, my social media is Raquel. My Instagram is RaquelRT3, RaquelRT3. Uh, my Facebook, I don't check it that often. Um, actually, somebody runs it for me. But if you go to Facebook, I am Raquel M.R. Thomas, Raquel M.R. Thomas. 
we thank you so much for another night of just good conversation. Um, tonight is more about educating from a political standpoint. Uh, guys, we got to vote. Every vote matters. Um, but until next time on It's a Trans World podcast, know that we love you and we're here to educate and we're here to have conversations about what's going on in the LGBTQIA community and to provide a safe space for people to express who they are. But most important, uh, Malik and I, we talk all the time about how important education is. We want to educate um, individuals on what's going on in this community. So until next time, guys. We thank you for hanging out with us and we will see you next week with another show. Talk to you later. I'm your girl Raquel and so happy to be with you. Sebastian, tell the people about it before we get out of here. All right, people. Thank y'all for having me. Hopefully I'll be back. <laughs> yes, yes, man, for sure. Because I think it's not a lot of people that can talk this fluently about this stuff. So yes, I think uh, that'd be a good idea. We'll invite you back, but you're busy all the time. You out of town already then. It's okay, but you see what I do? I make time, right? I make time for right. me, and I always do that. I will always do that. That's right. All right, guys, we're out of here. See you later. It's the Transworld Podcast. I'm Raquel, and I'll see you guys soon.